Hello everybody and welcome to the Midnight McBride Show, episode number 54. And this show is called The Roots of Life. And the reason for that is I have the founder of Roots for Life in the studio with me today, Debs Brooks. Hello, Debs. Hello. Thank you for inviting me, Patrick. It's my absolute pleasure, Debs. Great. Absolute pleasure. So I think you know how the show works and what we normally do is we find out about somebody's journey Mm -hmm. and what motivates them, what drives them and brought them into this present moment. And we also find out a little bit about what makes you tick. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. We actually met through... Oh, we're introduced through Greg. Yes. Greg's been on the show, Greg Garrett. Yeah, that's right. Greg has a retreat in the lakes with his lovely partner, Sam, and he also does the Quantum Questions with Lucy. Yes. Yes, yes. And he sent me an email and said, this lady might be interesting. And I already knew who you were. Ah, yes, I, I hadn't did. thought of you for the show and I hadn't approached you for the show, but I'd seen your stuff because it's quite prevalent on social media mm. and I'd seen some of the events you were doing. And yeah, within a five minute phone call, I thought, yeah, we'll get this lady on. This will be a good show. So thank you. Yeah. So initially, Debs, you're from Pudsey. I'm from Pudsey, West Yorkshire. Yes. Pudsey. And I yeah. couldn't think Pudsey. I couldn't think, why do I know Pudsey? But it's Pudsey Bear. It yeah. is. Pudsey Bear was, um, that's where it originated from, I believe. And interestingly, yeah. my uncle was involved in the very first bringing it together kind of thing. Pudsey Bear? Well, yes, the, the start of it, yes. Right, right. Because my uncle um, was, um, he has lots of estate agents, or did at the time, in, in and around Pudsey, so he was involved in the start of it. Yeah. In your show notes, we have the pre-show chat, and we talk about your journey, and the childhood's usually one of the most interesting bits for me, yeah. because most people, not everybody's a smooth ride, and, you know, different things happen, but the first thing you mentioned in your show notes was tripe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so and it was. I think you said it was your gran getting it for your granddad. Is that right? Yes. So my grandma, um, my dad's mum, used to. Um, I used to go there most weekends, yeah. and um, bless her, she used to take me into uh, Bradford Market, um, and it was always um, every Saturday um, she'd go and get tripe and udder for my granddad. Yes, yeah, I know it sounds lovely, doesn't it? Nowadays, it's funny. We'll all eat processed food, and yeah. a lot of people eat processed food. It's terrible for you, and it's full of chemicals, and that sounds repulsive. But it's probably far better for you than what we're eating now, isn't it? You know? Probably sounds disgusting. It does but... sound disgusting. I have tried it, you know. And interestingly, when I was pregnant with my daughter, that was my. That's what I was um, into, tripe. I was eating pounds of tripe. I mean, ugh, and the thought of it. You said, Debs, that you were a quiet child and that you spent quite a lot of time in nature. I did, yes. In in sort of forests and related to dogs. Yeah, I was very quiet as a child, really quiet, very shy. Yeah, completely different to what I am today, but very solitary very solitary and uh, I, 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 I preferred the um, the outdoor well I love the outdoors now but I would often it was my space to go and you know there was very there was some woods near my dad's yeah so I used to go there every day and I used to because we didn't have a dog ourselves I used to go and tap on neighbors doors can I take your dog out for a walk it, that was like my life really at the time yeah. I think most children if you put them in nature uh, are in bliss because you've still got that sense of awe as a child you look around and you 
you know, you see a rainbow or you, you see mm, a flower and mm. you think, how's that possible? And it, it blows your mind. And as we get older and consumed and we're stressed and with yeah. the material world, we find we disconnect from that, you know. And I think children in particular still have the big toe permanently dipped in the spirit realm. They're still connected. Mm, and then mm. as we grow older, we're like a flower that's plucked and we become disconnected from source. We do. And, um, you know, it's... That was a big part of my childhood, really, being in nature. Um, mm. I just loved going in the wood, and I still do. It's just a really magical place. Yeah. I connect with nature at every available opportunity. Yeah. And with everything that's going on now, if you've got the TV on and lots of people are stressed and depressed and worried, and if you turn the TV off, yeah. go outside yeah. in nature Absolutely. and look at the sky, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, Everything's perfect. Plus, my dad was very much, it was never for the TV at all. So no. we we didn't really, was brought up really with having the TV on a lot of the time. Yeah. I haven't watched so, a television programme for months. You know. not, you're not missing anything. No, no, and don't watch the news either. No, know. certainly not the news. No. And yeah, the bit I found quite upsetting is the fact that your mum asked you to call her auntie. She did, yes, um, sadly. Um, and it was quite difficult um, at times when we used to go see her. Um, we only saw her for one week every year right. when we were children. Why did she leave, Deb? Well, it was a lot of, I suppose, the, the, the relationship breakdown with my dad Yeah. as much as anything. Um, so my dad was quite, well, as she recalls, quite a big drinker. Right. So, I guess you know there was a lot of like in the, at the time a lot of like mental cruelty going on, and so she found it very difficult to stay with him. Um, so I guess she got to a point where she had to she she had to leave. But the difficulty for for myself looking back as a mother, you know, it, I I uh, find that difficult a, a mum leaving the the children. The thing that's quite unusual about that is the fact that your mother left and normally it's the other way around the mother yeah. would normally stay with the children and you, you said that your father was a plumber and that he sort of took care of you and had to quit his job and how did he manage you know it must have been difficult it, i think it was very difficult i mean he was you, you know he'd been a plumber all his life and then i guess because we were quite young he, he wasn't able to get to work at 7 a.m in the morning like he would normally so for him he just he quit his job um, so then it obviously I had to get us to school and things like that and make sure we had our breakfast. Um, so I'm really grateful to my dad for, for, for what he did. Yeah. You know, he, he was, he, he, I think the difficulty with my dad is the fact that, you know, I think looking back, you know, like, like nowadays you've got people who are on the spectrum. Yeah. As in autism. Yeah. I think my dad would have would have had he been diagnosed, I think that's what he would have been classed as having. And so he was very eccentric what you would call eccentric. And so why did your mum want you to call her auntie? I guess for her though, it was probably when she'd met people in Morecambe when she lived there. I guess for her it was very difficult that she um had left her children, so she probably didn't want her friends knowing that. Yeah. I know you said she only saw you once a year. Mm -hmm. And you, you did say you're okay to talk about this. I I'm am not, okay I, to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I don't want to delve yeah. if you're not comfortable. But 
Why only once a year? Because she just didn't want to be around your father. Because there's plenty of parents now that they don't get on at mm. all. But what you know, they sort of see the kids and they just sort of drop them outside the house and this kind of thing. And they make they find a way, don't they? They you do know? find a way, and, and I've I've often thought of that. Why didn't she see us more often than that? But uh, you know, her story is that um, she, my dad, won't let her, and you know who was the right one. See, I suppose then growing up, your father was, you know, he was your 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 parental figure. Uh, not having your mum around and stuff. So that, that will have, yeah, it will have had a big impact on you, won't it? It was. And, and in them days, we're talking in the 70s, um, very few people, especially like when I was at school, there was very few people whose parents were divorced. Yeah. So you, do, you did feel a little bit like, um, you know, there was very few, there was people who were, were divorced, but generally it was the mum bringing them up. There wasn't, there was none I knew that the dads were. So for my dad to do that back in them days with no support, I think, you know, I admire him greatly for that. Yeah. Was he an affectionate man? And, no, know, uh, not at all. Because this is where the children normally stay with the mother and see the father as opposed to the other way around. But obviously the mother's nurturing and holds them and affectionate yeah. and stuff. And some men aren't, are they? He wasn't affectionate, but he showed it in different ways. And he was... A really good dad, and I have had great admiration for him. You said, Debs, that when you were growing up, you sort of hung around with the squatty ones, the swatty ones. <laughs> uh, that came up in the spell check, but the, the kids that were studying, that yes. wanted to learn. Yeah. And that was, you were more of that ilk, whereas mm. your sister was the sporty one, and mm. your dad being a sport so. billy, a big sports fan, yeah. and he... Favoured your sister or so that's how you I felt. wouldn't say he favoured her more. I think I think he, my dad was very into his sport, usually. Yeah. I mean, from a from a young child he was into football, he was obsessed with cricket, as Yorkshire men are, most some of them. Um and he played table tennis um for Yorkshire. So my my sister was a fantastic um sportswoman. She was she was the best at um, athletics, running. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I'm, and I'm still not very good at um, sport. So whereas I was very studious, Karen was the opposite of that. Um, and I think my dad was really impressed with wh where she got to with it. Yeah. Well, it's what he knew, isn't it? It the is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and he couldn't understand people who didn't talk sport. He thought, what sort of people don't like sport? <laughs> You know. So tell us, Debs, about Domino the sheep. This sounds like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this Domino sounds sheep. bizarre, but there's a story about the sheep at school, isn't there? Yeah, interestingly, like I said, I was very much into animals, um, and still am, yeah. is I um, was in the form of the Miss Skelton, who was the rural science teacher for about three years. So... Um, Every lunchtime and any time, spare time I had was spent with the animals mucking out, taking the slops from the from the actual um, school canteen. Um, and we had a sheep called Domino. Yeah. And we're talking a school of quite, quite large at the time, say with about a thousand odd people. Um, so Domino, um, interestingly, every time that I would go past, um, she would run from one end of the pen to the other. 
Um, so she, she knew who you were then. Yes. She probably sent your energy, didn't she? She did. Yeah. yeah. So she was she was um, amazing, um, and I used to take all sorts of things home. I, I took um, a duck, Frida the duck home uh, right. for the weekend. And you also took some poor eggs home, and they got. Uh, well, you were looking after them. They got double turned and... They did. Yeah. So Miss um, Scotland said, would you like to try and hatch some eggs? I was absolutely elated about that. I said, oh, yes, I'm really excited. So I, I told my dad when we, we took the um, incubator home, they only have to be turned every so often. Yeah. You, you mustn't touch it. Let me just do it. But no. So I was turning them. He was turning them. So on the day of hatching... There was no eggs. And then another day went by and still no eggs. So they're probably damaged because they've been turned. Yes, to... of course. Well, if you turn them and your dad turn them, then they're always the same way up, aren't they? Yes. If you're with me, because you, you do one turn and your dad's done a second turn, it puts them back where they were, doesn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> and then so um, what then happened was there was this horrendous, a, a few a couple of weeks went by and I'm thinking, oh, they've not hatched. Uh, this horrendous smell of uh, eggs, yeah. <laughs> bad oh, eggs. Maybe tell us, Debs, about your neighbour. Is it Mr. or Mrs. Schofield? Mrs. Schofield, yes. Um, she was a lady that lived across the road, up the road from where I lived, but really prevalent in my childhood. Pro- probably because, obviously, mum's not around. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you said you spent hours with her. I did, yeah. yeah. N- nearly every day I went there from from leaving, from finishing school, I would go and sit with her till about tea time. Obviously, she taught me how to bake, knit, crochet. Yeah, um, the things that mums and daughters do, really, yes. isn't it? Yes, yeah. so she was a big part of my life and gardening, um, all that sort of stuff. And she was a real dog lover, Yeah, like myself. I absolutely love dogs. Same. You know, absolutely love them. We had one recently and... Because of an allergy, my partner, Willow, had an allergy to the dog, a bad reaction, unfortunately. So he's now at a place, a farm in Wales called Rockford, and he's training to be a television and movie star. Wow. And he's a little chihuahua called Bruno. But the point is, this year I had four people I know die, and I've been to the funerals, and I didn't cry once because I'm a Buddhist, and so I'm very okay with death. We talk about it a lot. It's very Mm. healthy to talk about it, I think. When Bruno left, I, I cried for a week. I mean, literally for a week, mm. every night I went to bed. I was busting into tears during the day. I missed him at night. I mean, I could cry. I could easily cry now if I thought about it. And it, it breaks my heart. It was such a beautiful, this beautiful little man, you know. And he was, all he had was love, enthusiasm. And I just made my heart sing, you know. what? I, so... When I was a child, I was frightened of dogs, and I got attacked by a dog. Right. And I had, you know, I had a bad bite on my leg, and I've, I've had a couple of instances with dogs, and so I was frightened. And because I had fear whenever I went near a dog, they started barking. They can sense if you're frightened, mm. it puts them on edge. Because they, they have the ability to sense energy far better than humans do. And so I didn't really go near dogs for years, and then this was the first dog I'd ever had myself, you know. And, yeah, I, I could... Animals, human beings overthink everything and they're stressed and anxious. And the only animals that experience stress and anxiety are the ones that are around humans. You know, in nature, they're they're healthy. You know, they don't get cancer. Things like this, you know, and other diseases that are predominantly caused by stress, you know. I absolutely love dogs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a lady that's been on the show a few times, a good friend of mine, Sally Bolton, and she has a dog called Cooper, and he's a therapy dog. So what they do is, if you think your dog might be suitable, it goes away. The dog is then assessed. Oh. You get a certificate. And then she takes it to see, uh, I don't know, old people's homes, schools, things like this. And she gets a small amount of money, but she gets paid to take the dog uh, out to spend time with people That's because, lovely, it, because it's such it? a beautiful dog. Yeah. But all they can do, it, they can only do it with certain dogs. And I think it's um, a Labrador, you know, a bit but beautiful Yeah, dog. and I've got a Cocker Spaniel now. Ah, they're full of beans, She's aren't beautiful. They? Daisy. Daisy, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you need... They need a lot of exercise, and they're all a bit they mental do, as well, aren't they? She's just, like... she's so, um, they're so unconditional, I think, dogs. They're always there for you, no matter what. You mentioned in your notes, Debs, that you had quite a bad bout of flu, and it was your mum that actually came to get you. Mm-hmm. How old were you at this point? 16. Right. And see, this, again, seems unusual, because your mum obviously left and didn't see you very often, but on this occasion, she was there for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very ill when I was about 16 with this flu for about two to three weeks. I mean, really badly, bad flu. And one of the neighbours who um, knew my mum must have told her and my mum came to get me. Right. Well, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. So did you go and stay with her then? I went to stay with her in Morecambe. Right. And I'd already had a a place at uh, Park Lane College in Leeds, Secretarial College. Right. But my mum decided to um, put me into Lancaster and Morecambe College. It must be quite nice. I mean, I love being by the sea. Yes. You know, the sea, uh, walking by the sea. I find it very soothing, inspirational. And, it, you know, probably once a month at least, we, we'll go and drive to the coast and have a walk on the front, you know. And sure. sometimes it's four times a month. And Morecambe in particular, I think it's so much nicer than Blackpool, you know, because it's a bit less commercialised. Morecambe's got a beautiful... I mean, the sunsets are just amazing, aren't they? We park up at sort of the north end yeah, and walk all the way down. So we'd do it like a 12-mile walk, walk all the way down to Haitian, uh, around the coastal path there, right down to the power station, and there's a little cafe there where you can yes, get an ice cream and a coffee or something, and then come back. And it's, it's an out and back, it's a straight walk, but beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. It's, a, it's a gorgeous. Uh, and also with the Eden Project coming... Um, hopefully in a two or three years, I think yeah. Morecambe will be back where it was. Morecambe's got the new bypass as well that's has. opened, hasn't it? Because for a long time, if you wanted to get to Morecambe, you had to go through Lancaster over that bridge and tea times, it could take you an hour to nightmare. get over the bridge. You know, and that's an... why the property in Morecambe was so yes, cheap Yes, it, it, it was a nightmare. Um, mm. But that that link road has, has, has opened up a huge... Yeah. Um, for businesses and, and property prices are going property, up a little bit. Property prices are now. going up, yeah, massively, which is yeah. which is great news. So going to the secretarial college, you then became, you said, a bit of an extrovert, and <laughs> overnight you went from being shy yeah. to discovering boys. Well, I did. Um, interestingly, because yeah, when I was at, back at school, I was very shy and you know really like. Ooh, Bit reserved and reserved mm. and whatever, and then when I moved to Morecambe, I felt like I like knew, nobody knew me there, did they? So I, I didn't have to put on this like shy. Well, I don't know. I, I think because I'd met some lovely friends at yeah. the college, and then they start we started going out. I think sometimes as well, just a fresh start. Yeah, you, you know, you've you've grown up with people and. You feel like you have to be a certain way and sometimes when you meet new friends or even talking to strangers, it's so much easier when you can just, 
can be yourself. And that's obviously the goal. We're all trying to be ourselves now, and a lot of us are, but some people aren't, and their life is, they feel like they have to be a certain way, and it's it's exhausting, you know. I used to be like that. Yeah, and it was great because I started going out and going to the pubs and, you know. And you were neuromantic. I was a neuromantic, and I had spiky hair, really spiky hair. Um, I mean out here yeah um, if you go through you know say you had mods and punks and new romantic is you know sort of spandau ballet and that kind of luke and mark Almond and all this kind of thing it was and a lot of men wore makeup they did didn't they and, yes but but not necessarily in a pretty way like just blacked out eyes like the cure guy you know yeah, this kind of yeah, thing I the cure it was certainly a fun period wasn't it it was a fun period and my favorite band and still are, are u2 yeah. so um i was mental on u2 um and loved the mission and all them sort of so music's a big part of my life yeah. definitely do you remember the the have you heard a band yeah, called yeah, yeah, yeah. infected the, the. Yes. And stuff like, yeah yeah you forget about the age gap and i have people in here i've had a couple of people in this studio and i mentioned music and sometimes it staggers me i spoke to somebody recently and bill withers came on lovely day beautiful record. oh yes yeah and because this lad was like 15 20 years younger than me he'd never heard the record i went what, you've never heard <laughs> Bill Withers? And I couldn't get my head around it because it's such a monumental part of music history and a beautiful record, but you've never is. heard it. Yeah. And, you, and your your music of your time is always better than the previous or, the, you know, like like what's going on now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, well, well, it's all it's rubbish now, isn't it? It is all rubbish. <laughs> I'm kidding, and we, I'm kidding. we all had fun then. So, yeah, yeah, I had an amazing time in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. This part of your journey I found quite interesting because... Your mum and I think your grandmum both involved with spiritual churches and went to different mm. spiritual churches. Yet, I suppose like everybody, I've made a lot of mistakes in the past. Uh, I shouldn't call them mistakes now, lessons, things I've done, but I've, I've done lots of silly stuff in my life. And then you evolve and start to get into your 40s and hopefully get a little bit of wisdom and you know make some better choices. Your mother being in the spiritualist church... I found quite surprising when, you know, she'd left and didn't see you very much as a child. And I thought, well, that's not very spiritual. But I suppose, like everybody, she was young, mm -hmm. she was learning, mm -hmm. and, you know, she evolved. Absolutely. And I do forgive, I, you know, I'm, I, I forgive her for that. And, um, you know, we've got to sometimes just put that aside. My, my grandma was this, into spiritualism, my great-grandma. Uh, my grandma wasn't so much, but my mum was a spiritualist healer. Her best friend, I think, was a, a, a well-known medium. Yes, in Morecambe, called Jill Harland. Right. So Jill would go all around the churches. She was she was quite big, big around the UK, I, I think, at the time, and even in in Europe. Yeah. You hit seventeen, and then you said your mum told you to leave. Yes. What just said? Well, I, gu I guess at that yeah. time as well, you know, I might have been a bit of a wayward teenager as you are and wanting to go out all the time. So she just says, basically, make your bed, lie in it and uh, go find yourself a flat. Right. Because I've lived in a bedsit or a flatlet on a number of occasions. And yes. I've been, there's been times in my life when I've had nothing. I've, I mean, I haven't got much now, but I mean, I really had nothing, you know, and just finding money for food was my priority. So I've experienced, you know, what some might say shit or bust where you've, you've had mm. money and then you've got nothing. And funnily enough, though, those periods when you have nothing, at the time, you don't appreciate it. But sometimes there can be really good periods of your life where 
it's not as complicated. And, you know, I think it's quite healthy to remember what's important, Mm. you know, food and shelter. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's made me the person I am today because it's made me strong because I've had to be strong. You know, I've been living on your own in a bedsit at that at that age um you just have to get on with it and um and I could have easily gone back to Yorkshire but I've met some really good friends and I was having the work the you know I was going out and enjoying myself and I so just wanted to just stay where I was yeah and you actually ended up Working at Haitian Power I did. Station. Yeah, Haitian Power Station in the offices there. Well, it's a beautiful spot apart from the power station. Apart from the power <laughs> it's station. It's a beautiful spot. You're by the sea and the other side of the hill where you've got the the church. Yes. On, just right on the coast there and there's a graveyard. We'd go and sit in there and meditate. It's a beautiful spot. Beautiful. It's a beautiful energy around there too. I go often there with, with Daisy. Is it called St. Patrick's Church or something? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because yes. I remember saying, oh, that's a bit of synchronicity in alignment. Yes. And off we went. And I took my shoes yeah. off, grounded in the graveyard and went and sat there and looked out at the sea and it was a beautiful sunny day. And that was the first time I've been to Haysham and I've probably been back a dozen times since, you know. Yeah, so couple, I worked there. Yeah. There's a couple of nice little pubs and there is in the village cafes, yeah in yeah. the village itself there is then you set off Debs on your journey and I love the word wanderlust you've got this in your notes mm. and it includes butlins and being a chambermaid as well <laughs> so chambermaid, I, that's yeah. a bit of a I know a, turn a bit up of a contrast the, bit of a turn up for the book so maybe tell us about that part of your journey yeah so um when I was younger obviously I worked at the power station but then my friend um Marie at the time said do you fancy going to work at Butlins and I thought are you, are you having a laugh um and then I thought about it for a season I thought do you know what I was 19 at the time um and I said yeah let's go for it and do you know what it was the best year of my yeah life well, you actually properly come out your shell then haven't you you know oh, I was am- Absolutely, absolutely. And then when I came back to live in Morecambe after being at Butlins, I did a quick spate at Pontins, which was up near Middleton Sands. Awesome. Um, and I thought, I can't stay around it. I want to I want to go, go off on my travels again. So me and my friend Julia, um, which fa- she was my best, best friend. She sadly passed away this September, which has been right. very hard. How, how old was she? She was 54. So for me, that's very young. It you is. Know. She was very young and she was my best friend. And we were one of them friends that you just gelled with. And, yeah. you know, so we went to work in London and we got a job at Claridge's right. of all places. Yeah. Chambermaiding. And we lived upstairs in the like Cinderella in the top of the hotel. Yeah. And we used to do we used to do that. I did the Queen of Spain's room and Ruby Wax and I think Barry Manilow stayed it was, and then you'd go out on a night and come back at like three or four in the morning. Then you'd have these amazing, massive suites to clean. And you'd think, oh no, I can't do this. When you did that, did you get any like big tips off people or anything no, like that? No, because what happened was, interestingly, the um, the valets used to go in the rooms before you um, got in the room. And I think a lot of the people used to keep put the money under the pillar and it was never there when you went in. You said also, and this is a pivotal point in your journey probably, where you saw a ghost. I did see a ghost, yes. Tell us about that. What did it look like? Um, well, Julia saw it as well. She, she actually 
she she well first of all she'd said to me that somebody like a force had thrown her to the other side of the bedroom where we were sleeping and I said oh Julia don't don't be saying that we're sleeping in here she's no seriously um and then this particular night I woke up to go to because we had like a kitchen where we were staying I went into the big room where where we used to watch TV and things. And there was like this, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I looked twice and I thought, am I seeing things? But there was like this real dark, eerie figure in the room. The outline was mm-hmm. the detail or just the outline? It was the outline yeah. of, of a figure. Because, I mean, bearing so in mind, like Claridge's was a really old building and there would have been maids that would have probably lived there many, many years bef- prior, wouldn't there? Like a, a spectre kind of thing. This yes. And would you have known, sometimes you can sense, even though you can't fully identify the details of a figure, male or female? It was female. Right. right. Definitely female. Yeah. Yeah. So this then, this is your first encounter visually seeing something from the spirit world? Yes, I would say so. But from a from a point of view of sensing stuff, I I, I feel things. So certainly with buildings, I, I think that was from a younger age. So I'd get like the real sense of, oh, this place isn't, doesn't feel right or don't yeah. go, you know, I suppose we all, we all have that innate or intuitive yeah. nature. So... Would you class yourself as a medium? Not necessarily no. as a medium. I do get messages and more so now than I've ever done. But I think that's more when I do healing. Yeah. And is it a feeling or do you hear a voice, a clear voice? I see images. Right. I see images and I get a buzzing in my ear, my left ear. Um, every single night I get buzzing in my ears. Not tinnitus then? No, it's not tinnitus. <laughs> I've thought, I've thought, is yeah. it tinnitus? And quite often that's when I get, when I get, when I'm in bed at night and I get these, like, this buzzingness is when things come through. Right. Well, it makes some sense to me that because I think our body can, it has the abilities to tune into lots of different frequencies that yes. we don't know about and that we don't encounter every, every day. So if your vision is impaired in some way, or your focus is changed, or your hearing is damaged, or, or you have a buzzing, this kind of thing. When these operate on an unusual frequency, mm, they vibrate mm, on a mm. different frequency, we have the ability to perceive and receive different access to different realms. You know, I believe that, different dimensions, we can see things. I don't know if I told you, Patrick, in my notes, but when I was staying with my friend uh, for some time, that I was going out with somebody um, who at the time was, it was a bit of a volatile relationship, shall we say. Yeah, we've all had those when we're younger. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we, we have to we have to kiss a lot of frogs before we meet our friends, which <laughs> yeah. I now have. And um, I was woken up at three in the morning, literally. Don't know why, don't know what for. And this this voice in my head says, get in your car. And I'm like, get in my car. So you could clearly hear a voice. Mm. Is that a bit frightening at first? I, I don't. I couldn't understand why. I'm there in my windsuit pajamas of all things. Just get in your car, and you know, basically that was the instruction. So 
I get I get our goals down. Didn't bother getting dressed. Just went. I'm thinking, what if the police pull me up at like three in the morning? Thinking, why? What's she doing? She's on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> with a pajamas think, on. Yeah. And the ca- I was living in Lancaster at the time, and the car was just driving me. It's like right, drive, keep driving, and keep going. So I kept going to going to Morecambe, and then all of a sudden it came across the guy who was seeing's car who was staying outside an house where he'd been telling me he wasn't seeing anybody. Yeah. He wasn't up to any good. You know, he was staying with his mum and dad when ultimately he wasn't, he was seeing somebody else. And that it was like spirit had said, look, there is your evidence. What else do you need? Did you confront him or did you just dump dump him? I couldn't, yeah, I dumped him, but confronted him about it and he couldn't believe it. He says, you are, spirit told you that. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you told him the full story. Oh, I you told didn't him just say I caught you out. Yeah, yeah, I told yeah. him I caught him out, but I said how it happened. And he was like, Oh, you're freaky, you're freaky. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I suppose your guides looking after you and saying this guy's no good, isn't it? It was. It was. Mm. And you know, I, I I often get that. And I get it for other people too, which is which is good. On your journey, Debs, you've been to lots of mind, body and spirit fairs, done a mm. lot of soul searching. And um, we'll fast forward a little bit here and you get to your your 40s and you're training Reiki to start with. So you're becoming spiritual. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I felt I was led to, to doing the Reiki. Um, I was at a time in my life where I felt that um, I wanted to do... I'm, I'm very much into holistic things. Um, my mum obviously was a spiritualist healer. I've always had a, an interest around that. Um, and then, I, yes, I did. I did the Reiki course. Yeah, and you were meditating as well. So meditating you, yeah. used to go to a lot of. Um, I used to go to the spiritualist church a lot as well around that time. Yeah. Yeah. This part, this next part, is probably for me one of the most interesting or pivotal parts. So you're pursuing your life. Yeah. But you, at the time, you were doing cheeky monkeys. Is it called cheeky? Cheeky monkey events. Cheeky monkey events. So you're doing something. And I had this on the last show where a child would give you advice. Now, the child in this instance doesn't fully understand the logic or the science. The child just has a feeling. Mm. And children quite often, where we overcomplicate everything, they simplify it. They keep it dead simple. And are you happy? No, you should do what you love. So your son... Gives you some advice. Yeah. Tell us about this. My son's a very sensitive young man. He's sixteen now, and he's very he's been very um, instrumental in doing what I'm doing now. If I'm honest, yeah. And uh, nine years of age, um, I was, as you say, doing the cheeky monkey events, um, which were kind of, I think it led me on to doing what I'm doing now because I got used to doing running events and things. But Kian, um, is, is, again, he's, he's got ASD, which is autism spectrum disorder. So he's very yeah. literal, says it how it is. I love that. No airs and graces. <laughs> um, and we were just coming home from an event one day um, that I was doing at Morecambe. And he said, Mummy said, I've seen you sat there. You look so miserable. I says, what am you know, he said, no, you're not happy. Don't do them. Please don't do them. I'm older. Hannah's a lot older than me. You don't need to do baby events. How old was he then? Nine. Nine years old. Nine years old. Right. That's fantastic. 
and he just turned around and said, why don't you do your spiritual events? You know, you're into spiritual stuff. You're into mind, body, spirit things. Do spiritual things. And I kind of just went bang. That light bulb moment Mm. was... You say, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And who knew that Kean was your teacher? He's my teacher. Yes, he is. He still is, massively. He... He, he, he even is now. There's a lot of like, you know, he's very, um, he's definitely come here for a reason. Yeah. That that child. What's your daughter called? Hannah. Hannah. So Hannah and Kean, you've got two children. Yes. Yeah. And how old are they both now? So Hannah's 28. Yes. Kean's 16. So I had a 12 year gap. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So Debs, we've now come to Roots of Life. Yes. So tell us where the name came from. Again, that was a very interesting how it happened. Going back to what, what I mentioned before, uh, Patrick, is I was lying in this is when I get things through. Yeah. I was lying in bed one night and I just said, I need a name for doing my events. Um, and then all of a sudden, this voice from nowhere went roots of life. And I'm thinking. That's all right, that. Yes, I think mm-hmm. it's really appropriate. Again, um, the, lo- the, the logo is of the tree. Yeah, I've seen the logo. Yeah. And I love trees. I love nature. I love roots. I think root, roots is, you know, you. I think it's very appropriate because roots is about, you know, within and shows yeah. on the outside. So Roots of Life was then born yeah. from, from that moment. And so it started off, Roots of Life... You started off by doing events, is I that did. right? Yeah. Tell us the type of event you do. So mainly mind, body, spirit events. Yeah. So these it's are like furs with stalls and you've got... Yes, they yeah. are. Okay. Yeah. And the first one was at the villa in the Lake District. Yeah. They have like mediums there as well and people doing therapies. The idea of them was so that um, the general public, more than anything, I wanted them to experience you know, people that are into that, but also new people that are maybe coming into kind of spirituality and and that sort of thing, just to experience what sort of things are out there. I've been to many mind, body and spirit fairs and generally um, they're all awesome. You go around and you can have little tasters, so you can have a little uh, massage, a little bit of Reiki, a little bit of reflexology. Yes. Lots of mediums as well. I recently went to one in Swinton, I think. Okay. And I know quite a lot of ladies that were yes. there. And a lady's just done a show with me on here called Donna Webb. And she's done a lot of work for the Samaritans, but she's also a therapist, a holistic therapist. And yeah, I normally go in and cram about six months worth of therapies in a day and have a bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the great thing about it is, well, I have talks. So I do talks throughout the day with some very interesting people. So people can sit and, and listen to different talks about maybe colour therapy, auras. Mm. I've my aura photograph done yes. by a guy called Frank. I know Frank. Frank, know Frank? Frank comes to my events. Ah, well, Frank, who I think he's about 135 he now, is. isn't he? Yeah, bless him. <laughs> From Liverpool. Lo- yeah, beautiful man. Beautiful he is, man. he is, he yeah. is. Um, so Frank comes to my events. He's been to nearly every one, I think. Right. But I've been up to the Harmony Hub in Charlie, which is Liz Whittle. Yes, I know and Liz. I've done some sessions there, taken part, and I've, I've spoken, taught there as well. And also in Bolton here. And, and Frank goes around some of these places doing his photography, you know. And it is, it's fascinating, you know. And I like him because he's quite funny as well. He's quite he dry, is. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a lovely character. And again, you know, it's bringing like-minded people. I see it as bringing like-minded people together um, who are wanting to look at alternative ways of, of living, really, as much yeah. as anything. I think you should always try these holistic or alternative therapies before you get on the medication if you can you know medication for me is a last resort that was one of the big things as well for me my friend has suffered from a really bad back for many years and I could see the medication that we were just plowing her with was like um you know gabapentin and then she went on to morphine then she was swigging off from a morphine bottle And I kept saying, look, I'm really worried about and concerned about you because you're only like in your 40s. What are you going to be like in your 70s? You know, um, she she tried what's called the Dawn Method. I don't know if you've heard of that from Germany. And believe it or not, she couldn't believe that what happened after having that procedure done. You know, she came off the bed. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually be able to stand up. I've got no pain. Yeah. And this is the thing, I, I want people to try and understand that there's prevention rather than Absolutely. cure. Absolutely, I talk about this, it's always the maintenance. Try and stay healthy rather yeah. than get sick and then end up on pharmaceuticals. Exactly. You know, look at your diet, the company you keep, exercise, yes. um, any alternative therapy. What have you got to lose? Try Not, that first. Nothing at all. Yeah. And this is, this is the great thing for me. I'm really passionate about what I do and I, I try and promote as many businesses as I, as I you know, I, I'm, I'm so passionate about it, Patrick. Yeah. And I'm trying to get out there the message, please try all these wonderful therapies because, you know, you'll be surprised what they can do for you. Yeah. Maybe tell us then, we're going to get to the magazine now. Yes. And this magazine is available online and in a hard copy, which you've got It there. is, yes. Yeah. So um, this was produced, my first one came out last autumn before okay, COVID. So just over a year ago. Over a year ago. And it's a and seasonal magazine, it's isn't a, it? It's a quarterly, yeah. seasonal. Yeah, so we have lots of things in it from anything from the environment, your lifestyle, family health, animal health, therapies, um, we have toast taster tokens. And it's free, isn't it? It's free. And it lists, I think, you know, there's probably about 100 places all over sort of the northwest where you can yes. collect it, isn't yes. it? Yes, so we, we put them in major supermarkets, health food shops, spas, chemists, doctor surgeries. Obviously, we can't at the moment. Um, unfortunately, due to what's happening out there, we've not been able to get the last two issues out. Right. But... I thought, right, next January, this January coming, it's going out. So um, that's where I'm at this week with, I'm at print print deadline, getting everything wrapped up for it to be out there in early Jan. Is it because, I know you say we couldn't do the last couple of issues, is that from a printer? Is it because No, no, of... it, it was more to do with where I could put it because the government stipulated that you weren't allowed to pick anything up. Right. And not many people were picking things up. So when I spoke to advertisers, they were a little bit reluctant about going in. I will keep my opinions to myself. But yes. the fact is you can go into a supermarket and Absolutely. pick up a can of beans or a pack of eggs or a Absolutely. can of milk that somebody else has just picked up before you, but you yeah. can't pick up the magazine. No. It's so silly. any hairdressers that were going in, oh, we're not allowed. Any, any spas, we're not allowed to take magazines. So I just felt I needed to take that. As unfortunately, as fortunate as it sounds... Because it because I could put it through doors, but it's more people have to pick this up because they want to pick it yeah, up. Yeah, and I think as well, 
people probably need it now more than, more than ever. ever. I think this is going to be massive. Wellness is going to be huge going forward into 2021 and self-care is a priority. It's a huge priority for for everybody, I think. So, Debs, tell us now. This is exciting news. It and is this exciting. Is, this is your app. And it's being developed uh, alongside with Lancaster University. Yes. Why? What's happening? Um, well, I the, I don't know if you're aware that there's a new health innovation hub at Lancaster University now. I did not know. Oh, right. Well, there is. And it's just been built, unfortunately, because of situation people can't go in there but it's a an amazing building so if you ever go into Lancaster do yeah. have a look at it because it's and look on the website as well so they were giving funding to health and well-being businesses and I was very fortunate that I got somebody to build me an app right and interestingly before I came here today I've been on a call with the guys to see the developments of it right so they're developing it for you or you're guiding them and you're doing it together? I'm guiding them what to put in it. Yeah. The idea behind the app is um, as a, as a, it's going to be complementing the magazine. Yeah. So people can read the magazine through the app. They're also able to um, put discount vouchers on their offers. So say if you're a therapist and you um, may want to offer a 10% discount, um, we're putting also workshops, training, what's in, in the area. So that's looking like it's going to be launched early 2021. Right. So that's exciting then, isn't it? I'm really excited because I think the thing with what's happening, I think where we were in an in industrial revolution back 100 years ago, yeah. we are going through a digital revolution and we have to move with the times. Mm. I'm resisting it to a degree because I know a lot of people do online stuff at the minute, but due to COVID. Yeah. And I won't do Zoom. I won't do it. I think that once you move in that direction, it's a personal choice. For example, Donna Webb, who was on here, she works and does um, certain groups, support groups with bereavement, suicide, things like this. And so for her, it's essential. But I think when you move into that digital framework and you're not getting one-to-one -one contact with people... Um, Sometimes it's hard to go back. Once you once you step forward, it's quite difficult to go back to the way Absolutely. things were. Absolutely. In fact, just on that, Patrick, I, I've done three virtual events. Um, my last one was about two weeks ago. I can't do another one. I've been asked to do a lot of meditation over this period. Yeah. And I'm generally, I'm not doing a lot of meditation classes anyway. I stopped a couple of years ago because I want to do other projects, you know. But I won't do... Zoom meditation, I won't do it, you know. Yeah. And for me, it's just not what I want to do. I get that. And and what you can't do is, and I, I noticed this after the last virtual event I did, you cannot create that energy. Exactly. There's no way that I can create from, you know, I did it for a full day on a Sunday. And again, I did it from in, in, in a way for my people who advertise with me. You just can't create what you... Coming to an event is just completely different to seeing it yeah. through a screen. The best analogy I could give to somebody with this is with a gong bath. If you listen to a gong bath or a mm. live orchestra or whatever, but if you listen to a gong bath on a stereo, it ain't that big a deal. Go and sit in a room when you can mm. feel the vibration, the sound waves coming off that gong when it's out of whack and it resonates with different parts of your body, matches that frequency and removes blocked energies. That doesn't happen through a speaker. It has, you have to be in the room. You know, and I think it's the same for me with, with meditation and certain things. I think you need to be in the room with them and the, 
feel their energy. I, I, absolutely. And, I, and I, I'm hoping that I can get my next physical event out there, March or April 2021. Yeah. That's when I hope to do my next one. So, Deb, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions about the magazine. Yeah. Okay. So, if I want to get a copy of the magazine, where am I likely to get one at the minute? At the minute, they're in, the, the next one they're coming out in January yes. will be mainly in like major supermarkets. So, okay. thing, places like Sains, mainly Sainsbury's, um, some co-ops, spas, Okay. Chemists, we put them in a lot of the chemists as well. Can you get the magazine online? You can what? You can look at it online yes. through my website. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. The finance for the magazine. The magazine's free, which is it fantastic. Is. So, how's the magazine financed? I'm assuming it, there's some advertisement. It's fine. It financed through advertising. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we're also putting together in the new year some affordable packages for. Um, anybody wanting to go in it as well. Do you have anybody helping you or are you doing this on your own? I do have people helping me. Uh, I've got a editor called Frank. Okay. Um, he oversees any of the editorial coming in and checks whether it's suitable or not. And he does all the copywriting for me. I have a lovely lady called Ali who lives in the, in, in the northeast and she does all my artwork. So it's not a one-man show, and you do have a few helpers. Yes, I do. I couldn't, I, was, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that on my own. I was going to say, because it's a mammoth project to try and pull off on your own. You, you need help. You maybe. do. Yeah, yeah, good. What's next for Debs Brooks? What's next for Debs Brooks? Uh, now you've, you've got the app, the magazine, you're doing the events, maybe a test pilot for NASA. What? What's next? <laughs> Well, yeah, don't get me on that one. The problem with me is I'm one of those people um, is a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. So I get an idea in my head and I'm like, I run yep. with it. Yep. Um, so I have to sometimes rein myself in, I'm afraid. Um, but what I would love um, more than anything is to, you know, get more of the alternative things out there to the members of the public. It's going to be massively needed. And the... What I'd like to do with that is like look at maybe in the not too distant future is franchising routes of life so that, you know, different areas have, you know, they can they can do the magazine and events with the with the same branding. Wonderful. And you did mention you've still got at the minute, although you're not doing sort of the mind, body and spirit first, you do have some events happening, don't you? Again, I do every week on a Monday. Yeah. Since the lockdown, we have been doing what's called Keep Well Monday. Yeah. And I have inspirational speakers, a bit like what you're doing with me today, yeah. who on Zoom, right. who do a talk at 11 o'clock on a Monday about, you know, that's all recorded and uploaded to my YouTube, Roots of Life YouTube channel. Okie dokie. So, Debs, I've come along and... I want to find out about your events or maybe want to ask you some questions and I want to have a look at the magazine page or maybe the wellness events page. So maybe tell us, where do we go? I want to find out about Roots of Life. Where are the best places to go? The best place to go is my website, which is www.therootsoflife.co.uk. Okie dokie. There is a directory listing on there of therapies as well. You can also read the last magazines 
on the website too. And there's my contact details. Also, I have two Facebook pages. Okay. One is the Roots of Life events and one is the Roots of Life magazine. Okay. And you're also on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. I am. And if they want to see your YouTube channel, what did they search for? Roots of Life. Right. So they just put that into the search engine and there's lots of talks. Um, I also interview people that advertise with me about how they got into their business. So there's talks uploaded about that as well. Yeah. Some of these talks, you've done Zoom interviews. I think I'd seen those on Facebook. Is that right? I put them on Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah. I, thought yeah, share, I share them on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. Debs Brooks, thank you very much for bringing your sunshine into the studio. Oh, thank you, Patrick. And thank you for for having me today. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. And you're a fascinating lady. And you're doing a lot of good. Now more than ever, I think people need wellness and holistic therapies and health and you're doing that you're connecting people so that's That's, wonderful that's what i like doing yeah okay folks i'm going to leave you with a quote to close the show from the book from pills to peace and the quotes by myself if something is broken in order to fix something first you must take a look inside if you're trying to find the answer to all your problems in the external world You'll not find them. You're looking in the wrong place. You need to go inwards and do some inner work. Quite often, meditation is a good way to start with this. This has been the Midnight McBride Show, show number 54, Roots of Life. You can listen to this show. It's out three times weekly now on YouTube. It also goes then onto a audio podcast on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google and some others. You can listen to me every Monday night on the radio on Salford City Radio 94.4 FM and that's at 11 o'clock till midnight or midnight till midnight with the Mind, Body and Spirit show. You can go to my website midnightmcbride.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and you can also buy From Pills to Peace, the paperback and Kindle version on Amazon and in a few other places and you can get the audiobook on Amazon, ACX, Audible and a few other places as well. This has been Midnight McBride. I'll see you next time. Shalom.